Welcome back to CT Real Estate Radio, 94.9 News Now, Simulating Talk. I'm Byron Lazine, the one team at William Ravis Real Estate, along with Chaz Cook from the one team. And we've got Brian Skelly back in the house from William Ravis Mortgage. What's going on, fellas? How's it going? I uh, missed you guys last week, but I'm excited yep. for the uh, the Halloween theme show this week. Absolutely. We, we missed you, but it was a top five all-time show, I got to say, Chaz, me and myself. <laughs> And Brian, I mean, we really got into it. There was a lot going on, obviously, with the interest rate still hovering around eight, right, Brian? Yeah, we're kind of still up there in that eight range. Yeah, we'll talk about it. We'll hit on that a little bit later, but uh, we've got some news on Connecticut making a Realtor.com list. So uh, there's fall 2023 emerging housing market list. Uh, Connecticut made the list, so we'll tell you where on that list. And which region ended up on the emerging housing markets list? It's a really important list because affordability is crunched, and uh, and this list offers some reprieve from that. Uh, we also have uh, a Connecticut home that was named one of the creepiest places in America. So, which Connecticut home? was on HGTV's list of creepiest places in America. And then, uh, Chaz, you picked the most popular Halloween candy in Connecticut. It's been, uh, I don't know if we're going to agree or not agree, but we've got the top three most popular candies in every single state. Uh, I was shocked to see the Connecticut top candy. Same here. I think it's rigged. We'll get into it. Uh, We'll get a little bit of that fun Halloween stuff going on here uh, as Halloween is next week. But let's go into the emerging markets, Realtor.com's list of uh, fall 2023 emerging markets. They do this list with the Wall Street Journal highlighting the top 20 emerging markets for the season. Uh, nine markets previously in the, on the list fell out of the top 20. They were replaced by five Midwestern metros, three from the Northeast, and one from the West Coast. Uh, one of those Northeast replacements is the one we're going to highlight here. Topeka, Kansas stood out as the number one emerging market. It rose six spots from its summer ranking. And so let's go through the list with Topeka, Kansas here, uh, leading it off. Uh, and here's where what we do with the list, okay? Um, you've got a, a list of 20 markets that offer shoppers a lower cost of living, and this includes housing, so lower cost of living, including housing, strong local economies, and then number three, attractive but not too crowded metro areas. It's based on data for the largest 300 U.S. metros. And so we've got the top 20 here. Again, Topeka, Kansas comes in at number one. We're going to try to f- identify where the uh, Connecticut uh, came in, Connecticut region came in on this list of 20. Anybody been to Topeka on here? Uh, I just drove through Kansas this summer, but I don't think we stopped in Topeka. It should have. It sounds like it's a hot spot. Uh, apparently, yeah. I picked up an investment property. Rates <laughs> were still like in the sixes when you drove through there. Yeah. It's a deal. Indiana dominated the top five. I keep seeing Indiana on a lot of lists for affordable housing okay specific opportunity in a lot of these indiana regions and so three of the top five were from indiana if we go just go down here the top five connecticut not in the top five you have elkhart goshen area in indiana coming in at number two number three was 
Oshkosh, Wisconsin. Number four was Fort Wayne, Indiana. And then five was Lafayette, Indiana. So you've got Kansas, Indiana three times, and Wisconsin making up the top five for emerging markets. We didn't say popular, Brian. We said emerging. Emerging. I also went to Indiana. I visited uh, some of my wife's cousins in Green, Indiana this summer, just outside of Indianapolis. They lived in a beautiful home. It was brand new. And, you know, they said houses down the street were selling for like two ninety, and And these were like nice, like four bedroom colonials. I mean, it was quiet. I mean, there was a lot of corn and soybeans there. So, you know, and there's like one restaurant in town, but it's, uh, you can get a nice house in Indiana. How far were you from Indianapolis? I think we were maybe 45 minutes to an hour or something like that. Okay. So not too far from there. Because I haven't been to Indianapolis in years. Uh, my sister went to Butler University. So we're talking probably over uh, 20 years ago when I was there. Very clean, quaint city, nice. You know, I thought it was, I thought it was a good little city. You know, I mean, and that's, that's kind of the theme of this list here. You've got metros that are outside of a city, a major city. Uh, not that Indianapolis is, is one of America's major cities, but outside of a city where it's like, okay, you can get to the city uh, or maybe sandwiched between a couple of cities, but you're not in one of these big major cities. All right. So kind of like what some people would call like a college town, you know? Um, well, yeah, and that's a great point too. Cause when we get into uh, six through 10, there's two in New Hampshire where I know a lot of people live and then work in Boston, about a 45 minute to an hour ride, maybe take the train in or make that commute in. Um, but you got to live in the mountains of New Hampshire and then work in the city. Six yeah, to dark, ten, no, no, no Connecticut on the list here. Six or ten, what do we have? At, coming in at number six, Racine, Wisconsin. Number seven, this is one of the ones I was talking about, Manchester, Nashua, New Hampshire. So I think you're about 40 minutes there, no traffic from uh, Boston. Concord, New Hampshire at number eight. Again, about 45 minutes to an hour. Coming in at number nine, Columbus, Ohio. So we're seeing a lot in that Midwest. Whenever we talk about these more affordable markets, emerging markets, we got Indiana, we got Kansas, we got Ohio. And rounding out the top 10, Johnson City, Tennessee. The Midwest, I mean, you mentioned the Midwest being in there. NAR, National Association of Realtors, just came out uh, the end of the week with pending home sale data for the month of September. Across the country, pending home sales grew 1.1% in September. It was actually a little bit of a surprise that overall we had growth, um, and three out of the four regions saw growth month over month on pending sales. The South, the Northeast, and the Midwest, the West was the only region that declined 1.8% month over month. But the biggest gainer for pending sales, it's the Midwest. That's where a lot of, like you said, Chaz, these emerging markets are. Mm -hmm. It was also uh, the biggest gainer month over month on pending home sales uh, for the month of September at 4.1%. Now, Maybe the Midwest in October might, I, I find it hard to believe to see another increase, but maybe because that's maybe where investments are going. I think October you're going to see month-over-month declines on all those number pending home sales. It's a buyer and a seller uh, obviously coming together and getting into contract. All right, so a lot of Midwest featured in the top 10 Realtor.com Wall Street Journal emerging markets for the fall. 
Connecticut is on the list. Where in the top 20 did we land? We'll let you know right when we come back. You're listening to CT Real Estate Radio, 94.9 News Now, stimulating talk. State Radio, 94.9 News Now. I'm Byron Lazine, along with Chaz Cook from the One Team at William Ravis Real Estate. We also have Brian Skelly with us here today from William Ravis Mortgage. We're going to update from Brian on these interest rates, uh, still hovering around 8% a little bit, little bit later in the show. I know we've got an update from Jerome Powell and the FOMC next week. So we'll have a lot to talk about, I'm sure, on uh, next week's show. What's the Fed going to do? It looks like a 99% chance that they are just going to do another skip. Uh, maybe it's a full pause mode. I don't know. but And it's uh, the that's, expectation, yeah. That's the expectation. That's what the market has priced in. We'll be watching that next week and obviously discussing it uh, here on Real Estate Radio on Saturday. Uh, also, if you've, if, uh, if you've got some questions here during the week before Jerome Powell makes his decision. You don't know which way the rate's going to go. You can always talk to Brian about your mortgage questions at schedulelonappointment.com. Brian Skelly, William Rivers Mortgage at schedulelonappointment.com. And uh, for any of your real estate questions, whether it's buying, selling, or investing, you can reach out to the one team. We have the most sales for 2022 and 2023 year-to-date for the entire state of Connecticut. Nobody has more experience in this market, navigating what's going on, then the one team. Reach out to us at oneteamct.com, oneteamct.com. You can uh, have a quick conversation with us here at any time on your on your watch here this week. All right, we've got Connecticut in the top 20 for emerging markets, according to realtor.com and Wall Street Journal. So the fall 2023, Wall Street Journal, realtor.com, uh, emerging markets index, we gave you the top 10, a lot of Midwest. You had Topeka, Kansas. Uh, you had Goshen, Indiana, Oshkosh, Wisconsin, Fort Wayne, Indiana, Lafayette, Indiana, top five. Racine, Wisconsin, Manchester, New Hampshire, Concord, New Hampshire, Columbus, Ohio, Johnson City, Tennessee. There's your top 10. Uh, kicking it off at number 11, Chaz, emerging markets for the fall. Uh, this is where you can find more affordable homes. Okay, not only housing, but also cost of living. Uh, you also have desirable shopping and uh, economic conditions. You have um, markets here that they've identified with strong local economies, and they're also attractive but not too crowded. All right, where are we at with number 11? Number 11, uh, I'm, I'm trying to uh, – my geography is a little off, but I'm trying to figure out what major metro this is outside of. Kingsport, Bristol, Bristol, Tennessee, Dash, Virginia. So a little bit of a hybrid between Tennessee and Virginia there. Is that over near the Arlington area? 
I don't know. We'll have to get a, a map out over the break and report back on that. But, yeah, so you got a two-state, one-two punch right there with Tennessee and Virginia, and that is the Kingsport, Bristol, Bristol uh, Metro at number 11. Number 12, are you, Jefferson are you gonna City. Roll out, are you going to roll out a map? I could, we could roll out a map here in the studio. We got that. So this is the I've got. I pulled up a Google map instead of a physical map because it sounded oh, like man. you were going to pull out a physical one. I was going to the old atlas right here. <laughs> so you know Virginia on the west side of Virginia kind of comes down to that like really small part of the state, kind of needles down there, yep. and you've got you know Kentucky to the west. You've got West Virginia north of that section of Virginia, and then you've got uh, Tennessee kind of. You know, you have a corner there where, where Kentucky, Tennessee, and Virginia all meet. And so Johnson City is is actually tucked up in that northeast corner of Tennessee. It's uh, so you've got Knoxville that's pretty close to there. Uh, okay. Um, you also have Asheville, North Carolina, pretty close to there. Now that's not like a major metro or anything, but it's a super desirable. Uh, place to go visit actually rod shout out to rod from the one team he's in Asheville right now north carolina doing uh people get get married there all the time so uh, somebody he knows is getting married there in Asheville. it looks like i think that'd be a, a little distance from charlotte but you're you know i think you're within driving distance from charlotte north carolina there i don't know the exact distance um from that Kingsport, Virginia, Johnson City, Tennessee area. Uh, but Knoxville looks the closest. Yeah, it looks like a beautiful place to live, too. I did. I pulled it up on the Google Maps since I didn't have time to yeah. roll out my atlas. And- if you were driving to Tennessee from Connecticut, it would be one of the first cities you'd hit when you get into Tennessee. All right. So number 12, Jefferson City, Missouri. 13, Springfield, Ohio. So another Ohio on there. Number 14, this one was the biggest surprise to me only because I've been somewhat paying attention to what's going on on the West Coast, and I know, Byron, you've been paying a lot of attention to it. But Santa Maria, Santa Barbara, California, as an emerging fall market, is that surprising to you? Well, it was because out of these top 20, you basically see everything around national median prices or well below, like those Indiana markets are well below median price points for the country. But this one was the only one that was really above a half a million. It's at 1.8 million for Santa Maria. So it's affordable for the surrounding area, the Santa Maria, Santa Barbara. But uh, it was odd to see it on the list because everything else, like the highest ones after that, there was a couple in the half a million range and everything else was like in the 300,000s. So uh, interesting there. The the median, uh, 15 of the fall Emerging markets were lower than the national median of 430,000 in September. So 15 of the 20 were below that number. Um, but the, the 1.8 in comparison in Santa Barbara to the surrounding communities in California is considered uh, affordable, you know, affordable, if you can use that word there, uh, in comparison to what else you get in the surrounding areas. Well, and actually, the number 13, Springfield, Ohio, which we just mentioned, uh, right now, buyers are saving 54% on the median-priced home relative to the national median in Springfield, Ohio. So That's that right. would put them, yeah, around that 215000 mark-ish. Yeah, so, there's yep. some deals on this list for sure. Yep. All right, rounding out the top 15, Dayton, Ohio. So we've got Springfield, Ohio at 13, Dayton, Ohio at 15. Still no Connecticut. Still 
We're still searching for our be able to wave our nutmeg flag here <laughs> we're gonna get there we're gonna get there but first we got to go a little bit deeper down the list coming in at 16 we have janesville Beloit, wisconsin uh Beloit, yeah. wisconsin is is one of the um quietest places i've ever been but you can you know again you're within driving distance to uh to chicago you know, so that this is where it's like a lot of these are, you know, an hour to three hours from a major, major city. Now, I have to ask, what were you doing? Now? That doesn't really sound like a place. Yeah, I was, like, surprised. <laughs> there, you've been there. <laughs> I was not expecting that. Uh, back in uh, the back in the late 2000s, <laughs> I guess this was maybe oh nine ish. And I was working for. Millstone Nuclear Power Station ah. as a nuclear diesel mechanic, Mr. Skelly. I was wow. sent out to Beloit, Wisconsin for diesel engine training. Hmm. And uh, there was two restaurants in town. One was really bad and one was pretty good. And uh, <laughs> I ate at the pretty good one every night. And I actually sat one night at the bar next to Danica Patrick's father. He was, it was a big place he used to hang out. Oh, no way. And, and, uh, yeah, it was, it was an interesting little small, tiny place in Wisconsin. Not somewhere I'd ever want to go back personally, but glad I got to experience it once. All right. All right. I like that. Coming in at number 17, Canton, Massillon, Ohio. So another Ohio state on the list here. Uh, number 18, Knoxville, Tennessee. We know there's a lot going on in Knoxville, so I'd be surprised if they make the list come spring of next year. Um, only because there has been a lot of activity in their real estate market. And coming in at number 19, the Hartford, West Hartford, East Hartford, in Connecticut Metro. There it is, the the Hartford Metro on the list for number 19. Thank you, uh, Hartford, for making the list, getting us us a spot here. And you mentioned the median sales price nationally sitting at 430,000. In Hartford County, it is 310,000 currently at the end of september it's actually uh, the hartford metro is one of the biggest metro areas on the list the biggest metros in the fall 2023 lists are columbus ohio and hartford metro with populations of 2.2 million for columbus and 1.2 million for the hartford uh metro so uh hartford on the list and what's the how do we round out the top 20 here we came in at 20 Closing out the top 20, our friends from the north, Worcester, Massachusetts. Worcester, Mass. Might have gone, Worcester. You mentioned uh, Millstone and nuclear power plants. He went to Worcester Poly Institute, WPI, and he's a nuclear engineer at Millstone now. Who's that? Uh, a good friend of mine. Oh, okay. Not not uh, Dougie Braun. Dougie Braun's not-, not leaving service station for nuclear power, is he? Not unless he could ride a tank over there. I, I mean... Dougie Braun working at a nuclear power plant, I'm not going to say it would be scary, but it would be near fear factor for me. (laughs) I'd much rather have Dougie Braun working on those residential oil tanks because that's what he knows and does best. In fact, nobody does it better than service station equipment. Doug Braun and the entire team over there led by Martin McKinney and Eric. Shout out to Eric McKinney uh, with Martin putting together such a great 
company. Service Station Equipment is your residential tank specialist. They've got the tank man, Dougie Braun. He'll come out. He'll assess the situation. And usually in a day or even less, they will knock the job out, whether that's removing an oil tank from underground that no longer needs to be there. Of course, you can't have underground oil tanks. Uh, Even if you have an old one, you should be having that removed. Or you need a new one installed in your basement. Or maybe you have an outdoor oil tank. Some of those still exist today. We're getting into winter season. If you need to address your residential tanking needs, reach out to Service Station Equipment. Ask for the tank man. 1-800-801-TANK. 1-800-801-TANK. Service Station Residential Equipment is your residential tanking provider 1-800-801-TANK to get your tanking needs taken care of all right Chaz, we've got some halloween stuff here i'm gonna dress up as uh as a tank for halloween <laughs> i think you mean we've oil got, tank or a tank tank a, uh, an oil tank an oil tank right. you know there's nothing better than dressing up as an oil tank i'll come over to skelly's poker game here this week dress up as an oil tank and collect everybody's money in my little, my little uh, <laughs> bank tank, okay? Um, but we've got some Halloween candy. The top three candies of Connecticut. You're not going to believe what they are. We'll let you know when we come back. This is CT Real Estate Radio, 94.9 News Now, stimulating talk. <laughs> CT Real Estate Radio here on 94.9 News Now, stimulating talk. I'm Byron Lazine, along with Chaz Cook from the one team at William Ravis Real Estate. We've also got Brian Skelly from William Ravis Mortgage. You can reach out to Brian at schedulelonappointment.com. You can reach out to us at oneteamct.com. All right, we're, uh, with Halloween coming up this week, we we're curious to see which suites are the top sellers in every single state, WTNH.com has Connecticut's most popular Halloween candy and the top three. I think the top three here in Connecticut are going to, at least the top two, are going to be shocking for you. Before we reveal Connecticut's top candy seller, uh, let's go have our own little top three Halloween candy draft. Okay, so we've got three of us. We're going to each get a top candy, a second candy, a third candy, top mm-hmm. Halloween candies. Um, and we'll just go – I guess we'll, we'll let the mortgage guy go first, Chaz. We'll, we'll let him go first since we're going to take all his money next Wednesday. I, I'm yeah. a newbie to this. <laughs> I've never drafted before. What am I doing? I'm just guessing what I think. No, you're going to pick your well, number one candy. Pick my number one yeah. candy? T- top candy, top Halloween candy. You get the first pick. So you, and out of all the candies, what would you consider the top? Halloween I candy. Would, I would go with. I'm going to say Snickers. Snickers. Okay, so you're taking Snickers off the board in the first round. Pretty generic. Pretty much just like, hey, yep. I, I'm going to chalk. I'm going to chalk it up. Great first round pick. Chaz, <laughs> your first round pick here for uh, candy. 
I'm going a little off the cuff here, and I'm going Whoppers. You know those little mini boxes of Whoppers? Oh, There's mal- like three Malted milk yeah, balls. Malted milk balls. Yeah, really bad pick there. Okay, re- <laughs> real bad pick. All right. Um, all right, I'm, I'm going to go with Sour Patch Kids. I mean, mm-hmm. if you get if you have somebody that gives you Sour Patch Kids on Halloween, because it's they're not in a lot of those big grab bags that everybody buys. They buy those big bags that's got just kind of the, you know, the Snickers and, you know, people throw crap like Whoppers in those big bags, you know. <laughs> yeah. And, and so you get a All Sour Patch Kid from a couple homes. It's like, man, these people actually care. They're, they're going outside the lines to get a fantastic candy. So Sour Patch Kids for me, number one. Uh, Brian, what's your second round pick? Second round pick, I'm going to go with uh, Butterfinger. Yeah, wow. Snickers oh, and Butterfinger. Brian Skelly, you're getting a he lot of people in the box. <laughs> a lot of people saying, hey, this guy knows what he's doing. Chaz, what do you got? Uh, Twix, because that is my favorite candy. Yeah. Okay. Number two. Whoppers and Twix. I can't imagine anybody would say that that team, that candy team there, is a winner. <laughs> I'm going to back up Sour Patch uh, Kids. I got to get a little chocolate in here, but I need peanut butter as well. I, I got to have Reese's. I got to have oh, Reese's gosh. peanut butter cups in at yeah, number two. Uh, what a, I mean, I just love a Reese's peanut butter cup. Yeah, classic. I like it. All right, am I up again? Yeah, All right. yeah your last pick. You got last All right, pick. Get my last pick. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, classic uh, Tootsie Pop. Tootsie Pop. Okay. Tootsie Pop, there you go. The, the kids would love that. Have vanilla in them. That was the most vanilla draft I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah, Snickers, Butterfinger, Tootsie Pops, no pizzazz. Yeah, you know, I'm a classic candy kind of guy. All right, all right. I was, I was, I was a little torn with my third pick here, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna hold true to it. I'm gonna go Twizzlers. Hmm. You know those little like four packs they get with the little yep. mini Twizzlers. Yep, I've got you. I've got you on the Twizzlers. Okay, I'm going to. I'm going to do my my last pick is really for Instagram because we're going to have we'll have Candace post these draft selections on our Instagram story next week, and you know we'll we'll get a little Instagram vote going. I want to win the Instagram vote, so I'm going I'm going to go ahead and grab uh, Starburst here. In at number three, because I feel like if I have Sour Patch Kids, Reese's Pieces, Starburst on Instagram, this is going to play really well for me. You can follow our Instagram team channel at one team CT at one team CT if you're on Instagram. And I'm ready could, uh, trying to get ready. I made some rookie mistakes here. Next year, I'm going to do better. You got to go, go a little outside the box, but you still got to keep it. Got to like, diversify yeah. my portfolio yeah. a little yeah. bit more. <laughs> A couple others just here on the list. Mississippi's got three Musketeers as their top seller. So this list here, when we get into the States, it's their top seller. New Hampshire, Reese's uh, Cups is their top seller. North Dakota had Hot Tamales as their top seller. I mean, that's Louisiana. That's psychotic to me. Louisiana had Lemonheads. Lemonheads. Jeez, you've got to be insane for that to be your top selling candy. Lemonheads. Just a wild pick there, Louisiana. Uh, totally. So you've got a lot of Reese's cups. Okay, you got a lot of Reese's cups in there. Um, what, what else do you have? A lot of M and M's is on a lot of these lists. Classic. A lot of M and M's, and actually M and M's came in at the number three seller for Connecticut. Makes sense. M and M's. Nobody went M and M's with us. Kind of no. crazy. 
I'm surprised Skelly did. I think if I buy, if I buy candy at a gas station or something, I don't buy a lot. I ate, ate a lot of candy as a kid, but these days not as much. But M and M's is probably what I buy the most. Peanut M and M's. You know, so one of the biggest things that was most shocking to me on this list is eleven out of fifty states had candy corn somewhere in their top three, and one state had it as their number one. Yeah, candy candy corn not ranking high for me personally. What was the number U- the Utah. state that had it number one? Utah. Utah. But they like in there. I mean, they didn't have a great top three to begin with. It's candy corn, Tootsie Pops, yeah, and M Ms. Oh, look at me! And I didn't even notice this. Uh, my pick, my draft, and Texas were identical. Sour Patch Kids, Reese's Cup, oh, Starburst, wow. one, two, and three. All right. I'm moving to Texas, guys. <laughs> I'm going to Dallas. We're, going we, to Dallas. We, are, we are in alignment. What did Florida have? Just curious. Uh, Reese's Cup, Skittles, and then hot tamales for Florida. What? 26 million people in Florida, and they got the third highest. Must be a, maybe Sour. a southern thing. I don't well, know. I, Wyoming was also kind of threw me off a little bit. Their number one pick, salad. Reese's Cups, love it. Number two, saltwater taffy. And number three, in Wyoming, double <laughs> bubblegum. Bubblegum? You just got a gift, a big saltwater taffy, a box of it in the office I, the other day. I did, straight from Cape Cod. Thank you to Mr. Allen Spotlow. It's, it's not from Wyoming. <laughs> no, it's not from Wyoming. It's from Cape Cod where saltwater taffy comes from. But Allen uh, on, the, on the spot there. So, all right, so let's go back to Connecticut. Connect, and this is top selling. This is determined by candystore.com. Okay, so... That, you know, whatever data that they have on the states, they're saying that these are the top sellers, and that's how they're identifying them as most popular. So Connecticut, third place, top seller for candy would be M&M's. Second place here. Want your reaction on this one, guys. Connecticut, it's Milky Way. I don't hate it. It's, it's kind of boring. I think the, all, all three of these are pretty. I guess we have boring taste buds in Connecticut, apparently. I don't hate Milky Way though. It's not bad. I mean, it's, I don't hate it. I mean, somebody gave me one. I would enjoy it. I would only got ever. Why wouldn't you get Snickers? Why don't you want? Peanuts I've never. I've, I've never eaten a personally purchased Milky Way. Every Milky Way I've ever consumed in my life has been given to me. I only would ever oh, consume a free Milky Way. Given all the candy options on the shelf, I'm not going to walk away from the shelf and spend my hard-earned money on a Milky Way with all the options. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? It's like it's, the vanilla ice cream of candy. You know, the the last one I actually had came from uh, Denise, our listing coordinator, always has a candy dish behind her desk. And so whenever I have lunch here in the office, I always go back there. And so I snagged a Milky Way about a week ago. They're not bad. It was a mini, but it was tasty. Yeah, they're not inedible. It's just if I'm spending money, there's so many other options. So Milky Way, uh, for me, has always been free. And Connecticut's top candy seller. So this is what sells the most in Connecticut. I was blown away by this. Almond. My dad's favorite candy. Joy. The (laughs) Almond Joy. Joy. He rifles through the bag to find the Almond Joy. I, I think it's a bit skewed, though, because the Almond Joy was first sold in 1946 by the Peter Paul Candy Manufacturing Company based in New Haven oh. before they sold the Hershey. So I think there's, you know, we got a lot of boomers in Connecticut here. They were probably around when the Almond Joy yeah. came out, and now they're the ones who buy the candy to give to the kids. Yeah, this is uh, 
That's a baby boomer candy right there. <laughs> All right, Connecticut's most popular candies across, uh, as determined by CandyStore.com, top candy in Connecticut is the Almond Joy. Second place is the Milky Way, and third place is M and M's. If you're thinking uh, of what to buy this week to give out candy to the kids, because that's what matters in Halloween, it's the kiddos. I'd avoid all three of these options here in <laughs> Connecticut. Go for the Sour Patch Kids. Go for the Starburst. Go for yes. the things they actually like uh, so that you don't end up with toilet paper all over your house at midnight. All right, there's your candy update here for Halloween in Connecticut. Uh, we come back. We've got the creepiest house in Connecticut. It's on the HGTV list of creepiest places in America. We'll tell you where that is when we come back. Real Estate Radio 94.9 News Now, stimulating talk. to know what it's doing. What do you mean? Well, for instance, we're looking at building this circus lot park when we haven't even cleaned up Stillman Ave toxic site north on the river. And we haven't finished the Mystic Boathouse Park. It's like we're playing whack-a-mole with issues as they pop up rather than having any strategic direction. Brian Bentz, running for Shoting to First Selectman, wants to update our strategic plan and actually use it. He says it's the only way we'll ever be able to take on some of our bigger challenges. You should vote for him. I'm Brian Bentz and I approve this message. Paid for by Bentz, the First Selectman, on White Treasure. In New London County in 2022, there are 123 overdose deaths. This is Scott John. CT Real Estate Radio 94.9 News Now Simulating Talk. Byron Lazine and Chaz Cook from The One Team. At William Ravis Real Estate, one team has sold the most homes in the entire state of Connecticut of any team, number one in market share for 2022 as well as 2023 year-to-date. If you want to work with the team with the most experiencing experience of navigating this particular market, reach out to us at oneteamct.com. We also have Brian Skelly with us from William Ravis Mortgage. If you have mortgage questions, uh, refinance questions, or questions on how to get yourself in position uh, to obtain a mortgage, go to schedulelonappointment.com, schedulelonappointment.com. Somehow, Brian Skelly owns that domain, and I don't own it, which is insane to me. But One day, I'm going to sell that for a billion dollars and retire. Yes, schedule. Anyone out there want that domain? I think you said it might be on the table come poker night. <laughs> yeah, I think he runs out of cash. We're going to throw <laughs> schedulelonappointment.com on there. We've, we've got a little poker game going <laughs> going this week um, to celebrate 8% mortgage rates at Mr. Skelly's house. And, uh, yeah, I don't know if Skelly's going to put his house on the line, maybe this domain. Yeah, I'm hoping to pay my mortgage with my winnings. We'll see. I, I got a feeling the camper is going to – certainly <laughs> camper keys are going to be on the table at some point. Uh, Brian, let's get a little update on 8% mortgage world. It was It seemed like a pretty slow week. To me, after breaking the eight handle last week, kind of sat flat or just below eight. That's the observation that I had. Uh, break it down for us and sure. let us know what you thought from the past week. All right. So, I would, yeah, pretty uneventful week, I'd say, pretty flat. 
Uh, it depends where you look. Mortgage News Daily showed on Friday 7.87 as the average rate. And uh, last week when we did the show, they were at 8.03. So that did show a little bit of a drop. Um, there was a couple days rates got better, a couple days it got worse. Uh, Freddie Mac said rates are up seven weeks in a row. They do their survey on Thursdays weekly. Mm-hmm. So I think it just happened to be from Thursday to Thursday was up a little bit. I'd say it went down a, a small amount. So there was good news. Uh, we're keeping an eye on the yield on the 10-year Treasury, which is an indicator of what bonds are doing. Uh, 4.86 on Friday, down from a high of 4.99 on October 19th. Uh, one of the bond traders that I follow, he has a newsletter. He says, if it goes over 5, that's bad. We're going to see an increase. And he says, if it goes under 4.8, that would be significant point. And then we might see a, a slide in rates. Uh, some of the economic news this week, uh, the PCE inflation report came out, showed core inflation went down to 3.7 from 3.8 the last month. So not a big decrease, but most uh, investors saw that as a little bit of progress. So um, we're kind of starting to see the soft landing. The the unicorn mythical soft landing is, is coming to fruition. Uh, there was a meet, an event, uh, Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen, responding to third quarter GDP, which showed huge economic growth, more than expected. GDP growth up 4.9% in the third quarter. Uh, so the economy a is doing great. It, it's humming along. Unemployment, very low. Consumer spending numbers came out. Consumer spending, a lot higher than uh, people expected. So, you know, people have jobs, and they're confident, and they're spending money. And that's overall good for the economy. Uh as far as mortgage rates go, all that just basically says it's probably going to be a it's, while before rates go down. Is what that's telling me? It's weird. It's usually good signs for the economy, but it is makes it harder on the fight against inflation. A couple early warning signs I get out of that. I don't know if I would. I know these are typically. Yellen was quoted saying, "No sign of recession." Yeah, she actually well, said the, we have a soft landing. Yeah, I get it. Uh, and these are typically signs of a strong economy. I guess some red flags for me are uh, consumer savings are dwindling. They're spending more than they earn. Uh, credit card debt is going up. Um, and so there are some signs that the consumer got used to the, you know, just spending the last few years, and they're continuing that trend. But uh, yeah, overall, I love where the jobs market is. It makes it harder on the Fed. We're obviously going to get a, uh, another uh, Fed announcement next week. They meet the 31st and the 1st, and we'll cover all of that here on Real Estate Radio next week. Uh, we've had a good week here with the one team, Chaz. What do, we, what do we have for new listings and sales in the last week? All right. In the last seven days, we have one new listing, 10 under contract, and three closings. Our new listing, I tell you, this is a stunning piece of property. It's six acres located at 101B Townwoods Road in Lyme, Connecticut, which is right off of Rogers Lake. This is split off of 101 Townwoods Road, and it is subdividable land. There's already a survey in place. You're maybe a five-minute walk from the lake itself. Um, So an approved building lot, six acres on the market for $250,000. So that is a steal because this is all usable land. And this was brought to us by Mary Pula. And if you would like to go and walk that lot or find out some more information on it, maybe get a a survey plan, you can reach out to mary.pula at ravis.com. 
10 under contracts. We had under contracts in Torrington, Prospect, Stratford, Colchester, Hamden, East Hampton, Wallingford, Avon, East Hartford, and Norwich. Closings, three of those bad boys. We had closings in Milford, Wallingford, and Connecticut, or in Clinton, uh, Connecticut. And shout out to Amber, because that closing in Connecticut was 50 Hammond Acid Avenue. It's out on Clinton. In Clinton. Clinton. Yeah. Was it Cedar Island, is it? See, out on Cedar Island. Oh, she sold cool. the house on an island. So she didn't sell an entire island, but a property on the island. So that's going to be of, a cool experience. Speaking of islands, did you hear the old, or, you know, the Italian market that's moved out of downtown Saybrook? Chaz is going to be Thimble Island Brewery. Did you hear that? I did. I saw that, and I am very excited. Oh, wow. Yeah. Are wow. they leaving Brantford, or they're just going to have another location? No, I just think they're going to have a location in downtown Saybrook. I, I got no indication that they're leaving Brantford, of course. Oh, but they're, that they're place great. I go there all the time, right, right near my house. Yeah, beautiful right location in downtown Saybrook, uh, right next to Bongo Ron's Cigar Lounge. Mm-hmm. So they, they'll be able to collabo quite a bit. I, they're going to do so well on that, right on that corner of Main Street there. It's easy to get to, plenty of parking. They have some outdoor space as well. Yeah, I mean, and just the, the vibe on Saber Main Street, I mean, that's going to be great. Yeah. If anyone was wondering that insane word I just used, collabo would be collaboration. You know, <laughs> <laughs> that's what that means. I, I picked up on it. I picked Call up yourself. on it. But you know what else that's I picked great. up on was we've got some open houses going on. We've got one going on right now during the show. This one started at 10 a.m., and it's going on until noon, and that is 72 Old Pent Road in Westbrook, the town right next to Old Saybrook. So you can head over there and see Emily White from 10 to 12 today, Saturday, October the 28th. Or you can go check out that pizza oven. Nobody has snatched that up yet over at 22 Old Pasture Lane in Hamden, Connecticut. That goes right when the show wraps from 12 to 2 p.m. today, Saturday, October 28th. Go over there, say hi to Lee Barr, and ask him to cook you up a cheese pizza. And then tomorrow, Sunday, October the 29th, 263 Vernon Street in Manchester going on from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. The residence is at 66 High Street in Guilford, Connecticut, going on tomorrow, Sunday the 29th from 11 to 1 p.m. And 55 Trumbull Road in Waterford, that is that contemporary home we talked about last week going on from 11 to 1 tomorrow. And 1635 Durham Road in Guilford, an investor special also going on tomorrow in uh, from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Again, that is Sunday, October 29th. And that's going to do it for this week's One Team Weekly Rewind. There you go. There's your One Team Weekly Rewind. You find us at OneTeamCT.com. The Rewind is brought to you each and every week by Service Station Equipment, your residential tank specialist, 1-800-801-TANK, 1-800-801-TANK, for all your residential tanking needs. All right. Uh, Chaz, Connecticut has a home on the... HGTV list of creepiest places in America. And maybe it's not exactly where you think. Which property and where is on the creepiest places in America list? I think this is going to surprise a lot of people. I've actually been there. I was telling uh, Cooper before the show, I did a school field trip there, you know, and we went up to Hartford, Connecticut, where this home is located. We did the Capitol building, did something else, the state oh, building. A, yeah, mandatory field trip. I would right. argue this might be one of the most interesting buildings in Connecticut or well-known yeah. landmarks, we'll say. Right. So, but to be on the creepiest list, too, the Mark Twain House in Museum in Hartford has made HGTV's list of the creepiest places in all 50 states. According to the list, the house is most famous for being supposedly haunted by a lady in white 
However, museum staff claims there have been appearances by both a lady in black and a lady in white on the Twain property. Mm. Wow. Mark had a lot of ladies over, it sounds like. (laughs) (laughs) The smell of cigar smoke in several parts of the house is another phenomenon reported at the estate. This is from CT Insider. Twain reportedly smoked upwards of 40 cigars a day. Smoking is no longer permitted on the premises. Grace Bellinger, assistant manager of the historic interpretation uh, at the museum, previously told Hearst, Connecticut, 40 cigars a day. Now, I love a cigar. I love it. Shout out to Bongo Rons and Old Saybrook. He knows I love a cigar as much as anybody. But 40 cigars a day? These must have been... Like cigarette size. They Jane smoking, just one after the other. Winston Churchill style. Like on average, what's it, like 45 minutes for a cigar? I mean, if you smoke a Robusto and you smoke it pretty, you know, aggressively, you're ta- yeah, you're talking 45 minutes for a Robusto size. You know, a Churchill size, which you just mentioned, Brian, you're upwards over an hour. So 40 cigars on Robusto, you don't have enough hours in a day. So these cigars that... not very much. I mean, he, was, <laughs> he must have been up 18 hours a day smoking constantly. I mean, a lot of smoke. I mean, think about that. These got to be little cigarette-sized cigars is what I'm imagining. But even then... Like a even Clint Eastwood Rollies. Yeah, even if they're cigarette-sized cigars, 40 in a day, I mean, that that is a commitment right there. Right. Yeah. He That's had a, a billiard lot. room. I remember from my field trip, there was a really cool uh, pool hall that he had and on, on like the third floor. So I could see Mark Twain up there knocking the balls around, smoking a cigar, yeah. working on his next novel. I'm going to go have a nice cigar right now, maybe in a Nicaraguan or we got some great cigars. Shout out to Foundation Cigars. They get their HQ in Connecticut. They're putting out beautiful cigars all over. But uh, check out Bongo Rons for their selection there. I uh, love Bongo Rounds, downtown Saybrook. Probably the best cigar lounge on the shoreline. Definitely the best, in my opinion. All right, this was CT Real Estate Radio. And if you need to reach out to Brian Skelly this week on any mortgage questions, he's open for the conversation. Schedulealoanappointment.com for Brian. You can reach out to Chaz, Chaz at OneTeamCT.com. I'm Byron at OneTeamCT.com. Com, or you can fill out the normal form there on OneTeamCT.com. Have a great weekend. Have a happy Halloween. Stay safe out there, and we'll see you back here next week. Real Estate Radio, 94.9 News Now, stimulating talk. Salon Buick GMC Studios, WJJF, Montauk, Ledger, Mystic, Norwich, 94.9 News Now. More info from Maine. I'm Paul Stevens, Fox News. New details about where officials found the body of an Army reservist suspected of opening fire in a bowling alley and then at a bar in Lewiston, Maine, killing 18 people. One official saying police teams had twice cleared a recycling center where the body of Robert Carr was. So the Maine State Police tactical team ultimately were the ones that located uh, the body within one of those trailers.
Department of Public Safety Commissioner Michael Selchuk among those relieved. After a long 48 hours, the manhunt finally came to a close last night when police say they found Robert Card's body at 745 and they believe that he turned a gun on himself. His body reportedly found near a dumpster at a recycling facility where he used to work. His body was found about 10 miles from the bowling alley at the first location uh, where the shooting happened and then eight miles from the bar where together police say Card murdered 18 people and injured 13 more. Fox's Nate Foy in Maine. Israel's military confirming that one of its drones hit a terrorist cell in Lebanon that tried launching 